All right, here we go. This one's a little saucy, but I know you're going to love it. Welcome back. I'm Kara Steinman, founder of the Ravel Collective. And in this episode of Ravel Radio, I'm chatting with Sean Satterfield. She's an inclusion architect, accessibility expert, CEO of Mazzaro, and founder of the Shine Music Festival. Her passion and purpose is to make the world more accessible for all. Inside our little chat, Sean draws the parallel between music and our digital spaces and how both have the power to bring people together, but only if they're accessible. She shares what drove her to create the world's first totally accessible music festival, and we explore the question, what would it take to make the world a more connected and possible place for everyone? Here's Sean. Hi, Sean. Hi, Kara. How are you today? I am fabulous. I love talking to you. I love talking to you. Is it <laughs> sunny in Colorado today? Uh, it is slightly. It's it's in the 50s, um, but we're getting snow this weekend. So, you know, nice. we're in spring Colorado weather. <laughs> the flops and Uggs all at the same time. Flip-flops and Uggs, you said? Flip-flops and Uggs. <laughs> that sounds like me. I wear my, like, I've got my hoodie on and my puffy jacket and my beanie, and I'm walking the dog in my flip-flops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like California and Colorado aren't really that different then. Oh, especially lately. California's had some crazy weather. Oh my God, I know. It's, I've never seen this much rain. I've lived here like my whole life, basically in the same town, and I've never seen it snow <laughs> multiple times, like try to snow on me. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what's going on. And then of course, like we're... We're all like, yay, ski season, but it's been so bad. We can't even get up the hill. The freeway's closed. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, very much first world problems for yeah, sure. Exactly. hundred like, percent. I am not complaining. We are blessed. Everything is amazing. Gratitude everywhere. We're just stating facts. We're not complaining. It's just an anomaly. It's just a weird year is all. It's I'm just taking note. I hope that it's an anomaly. It seems like weird year is the new standard for description of the year. Well, it's sad because I know in just a few months, I'm going to start hearing, we're in a drought. Everyone start conserving water. The fires are everywhere. And I just, I'm just going to have to call bullshit on that. Come on, people. We've got to be able to hold on to some of this water somehow. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. Anyway. Although we have other problems we can solve today, me and you. We do. We may not be able to solve the weather problems in California, but we can solve other problems. Let's focus on what we can fix. Yes, that sounds like a great idea. So I want you to tell the Ravel ladies about you and your passion for accessibility, what that even means to us in business. Um, Like, give us the scoop. Yeah. Well, Um, I will say that, you know, five years ago, I was in the same boat as all of you, where, you know, you, we all heard about accessibility, we all knew there were laws, ADA laws, and, um, but really understanding what those were, and how they impacted the world, you know, is, um, unless you really dive into it, uh, like I did, uh, then you don't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So I, um, uh, I got into accessibility through my uh, passion in life with some people golf and some people fish and I do live music. Um, and I love traveling all over the world for it. And that was where the lack of accessibility caught my attention, I guess is the right way to say it. It's where 
I noticed it in a way that I had never thought of before. And the moment I did, it just became the core kind of focus in my life. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And and I knew that, well, if my body is waking up, my mind's waking me up at 3 a.m. on a regular basis around accessibility, there must be something here. So I just started diving into it. And what did you see that what did you see that struck you as something that needed to be fixed? Okay. So I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm just going to say it unfiltered because um, I think that that, I mean, it's how I talk. It's how I communicate. Um, But I saw the ADA section as a cage. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you put, if it was anything other than humans in there, we would definitely describe it as a cage, right? Um, It was a fenced in area that prevented individuals inside from coming out and people from outside coming in. And they were separated, right? From the one thing that music does is is, is it creates a community, even if it's only for a few hours, right? There's a collective community and it's inclusive. What I always thought was, right? Inclusive of all people. I can have just as much fun talking to the guy next to me at an Iron Maiden concert as I can at a a fish show. So, you know, I, it's this common denominator. It's this place that, just allows everyone to um, collectively enjoy the experience. It's interesting you say that because Robin Dunbar is a social scientist and he's done a lot of a lot of research around what bonds people together, what what creates connection between people that's strong and stronger than just like hello. And what they found was really interesting was there's like seven primary drivers there, you know, location, language, all that. But one of the really strong ones is music. And they were kind of surprised to find that. So if you share a musical taste with somebody, you're way more likely to be bonded in a way that's meaningful with that person. Oh, it happens all it happens all the time. I mean, I've been I have a strategically placed fish. Um, and while I love all music and all genres, I mean, I've literally seen, like I said, I've seen Iron Maiden and I've seen little tiny Grace Vanderwalt when she won uh, America's Got Talent. I go to all music, um, but I have a little strategically placed patch on my backpack that I travel with and um, a fish a fish um, logo. And I will get stopped in every country. It's yet I have yet to um, not be stopped in every country I visited by someone who, even if there was a language barrier, right? We could there's certain things that we can communicate on from from music, and it was actually that that connection. It was a social media video. So after I saw the ADA section in a new light, someone sent me a, a social media video that has changed my life from the moment I saw it. Um, I still get the. The, the lump in my throat when I think of it. Um, but it's also the reason why we're called Shine Music. Um, but it was a, a street busker and a little girl in Grimsby, UK, 3,800 miles or something like insane number of miles away uh, across the pond. And and uh, uh, the little girl, Lacey, happened to be blind and autistic. And um, Cliff thought that his music was too loud and he didn't know, you know, really didn't know anything about what she, who she was or, or um, the situations that she was in. And all he knew was that um, the grandmother said, no, 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 she loves music. It's really the only way she communicates. And he, he unplugged and he got down next to her and he started playing his guitar and the magic bubble thing happened right there um, between a little girl and a street busker. 
And they connected through music. And it was the moment that she lifted her face up to the sun and she let out the most beautiful smile. And it was as there it is, like they literally two strangers on the street in two completely different worlds connected. I mean, it's the most beautiful thing. Do you think we'd be able to find the link so I can? Oh, I have it. Okay, cool. We'll include that then. Yeah. Yeah. I have it. Um, I've connected with Cliff. He's amazing. Um, I did my, I think I could be a private, I think I could be a really good private investigator. <laughs> I found a social media video and then I tracked everybody down. <laughs> if this whole accessibility thing falls through, I guess we've got your next plan. There you That's go. That's where we'll yeah. go next with this. <laughs> yeah. So, but you saw, so you see this problem, you see this, this barrier to people connecting with one another. And what did you do about that? I created a nonprofit. Uh, Shine Music is about taking the typical assets of a music festival and combining it with comprehensive accessibility plans and cutting edge adaptive technology to remove barriers that prevent people from sharing in the experience, the collective experience of music together. And so, um, you know, I didn't, I researched forever, like surely this has to happen, exist somewhere. And it didn't, um, which um, Guinness Book of World Records actually spent a quite amount of time, a lot of time looking and they confirmed that nothing like Shine has happened anywhere in the world that they could find. Um, and so they opened up a new category even of world's largest universally designed music festival. And so it was through that though, and um, you know, I suddenly, when you, I became so, I got excited about getting up at 4 a.m., you know, to, 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 to make all this happen. And, um, and then I started noticing that my actual for-profit, when I had to switch hats, I just was really, oh, I want to just work on shine all day. And, uh, and then I started thinking about, wait a minute, you know, shine isn't just about music. Music is simply a platform right? Music is a platform that allows us the opportunity to educate people on inclusion and accessibility through firsthand experiences. So wait a sec, what about my for-profit that's about web design and web development? That's super important from an accessibility standpoint. So I started diving into that and I spent um, over 250 hours becoming a certified trusted web tester. And um, yeah, and so I've just pivoted, you know, it's basically starting a whole new business. So I kind of closed the door on enterprise development, web development, and solely focus on um, accessibility, web and digital accessibility. I've heard you talk a lot about how frustrating it is when you can see the accept- the need for accessibility, but like we in the, we'll use music as an example. Why aren't more music festivals ex- fully accessible now? And I I'm just going to answer it because I know you already <laughs> told me it's because it's an afterthought. Yeah. It's expensive and it's hard to go back and change everything. But if you plan it with accessibility in mind from the beginning, it's not a problem. It's not a, it's not a problem barrier. No, no, it's not a problem. And I'm going to quote someone who from last year. Uh, who um, identified as someone with a disability, and they said, you know, we're not asking you to make it easy. We're just asking for you to make it possible. And that's yeah. it. It's not about, oh, this is 100%, you know, perfect score, but it's about thinking things through. And 
is my plan, is my business plan, and and the way that I relay that information to my clients and prospective clients, is that inclusive of all? And if it's not, then yeah, sure, it's it is going back, and that is the more costly way of doing things, um, of going back and change. And only reason I say it's costly is because you've already paid for that development. Mm-hmm. So now you got to go back and make some changes yeah. to it. Um, whereas if you're working with a client ahead, you know, a designer ahead of time who knows about accessibility, it's all taken care of in the very beginning. So I want to draw the parallel here because the internet, websites, online digital presences, presence I, whatever it is, bring people together, just like music brings people together. Yep. You are saying, if I hear you correctly, that accessibility doesn't have to be expensive if you consider it from the beginning. That's not just with a music festival, it's with digital presence with a website, with an app, all of these things are really not a big deal. You can make this accessible for people if you think about it during the development process intentionally, instead of going back afterward and trying to retrofit everything. Exactly. So tell me how in these two spheres that you're living in this music festival nonprofit and in your consulting, in your accessibility consulting, because you work with a lot of developers and website builders who need to know that this stuff is important and how to implement it correctly. How, first of all, in your music, festival personality over here. <laughs> what did you do to make Shine accessible where it's not in other spaces? This is really cool. Yeah. We just basically kind of removed abilities and thought about what would it be like? So if I, you know, if I were blind, how would I find out about it? Um, you know, how would I get the information and the details on the event? How would I get there? How, how would I navigate the day? Right. And so um, it was like, well, if they learn about it, it's through social media, it's through our website, making sure that that's all accessible and getting there. Well, we have everything that's available for um, print. We have it in Braille um, from the food trunks to the food trucks, to the merch, to the info booths um, in large print and Braille, because not everybody needs Braille. And sometimes it just needs some that little tiny print is just not viewable for all. Um, and uh all the way down to, you know, I was, uh, it was a couple of weeks before our very first Shine event in 2021. And um, I was on the Davis Finney Foundation podcast and I was like, hey, well, is there anything I've forgotten? And they were just like, well, individuals with Parkinson's can't have drinks without lids. And it was, it was one of those, like, wow, that was a duh moment. Like, of course. So, you know, we get on the phone and, and quickly make sure that we have lids and drinks, uh, uh, lids and straws for our drinks. And, um, but it was just, it was actually kind of fun, really, um, of, of making things, uh, inclusive and accessible because it also made the experience enjoyable, more enjoyable for all like food trucks. Food trucks are not accessible for not only individuals um, in wheelchairs or with upper mobility issues or concerns, um, but I'm only five foot one. And if it's a huge plate of stuff and I've got to lift it up over my head on a huge truck, you know, there's there's definitely room for, for error in that. And so by putting a, a table in front of a food truck, not only is the whole process more efficient because you've now eliminated a body that's in a very tight knit quarters so that the people who are in the truck are focused on actually getting the orders out. Um, But then that person in the front, right now, everybody can go up. You can be in a wheelchair. You can be able-bodied, however it is, place your orders. 
it just streamlines the entire process. It makes it go so much more efficiently. Makes it possible. Yeah, that's it. Just make it possible. And I, and it was a really good thing for me to hear that because I'm a, I tend to be a perfectionist um, and want everything to be perfect. I want them to go there and have absolutely nothing to complain about. And that was a freeing statement because I would beat myself up on things that, oh, I wish we could do this better. I wish we could, you know, find a way to make this work better. And then it was the realization of I'm, I, I made things, everything possible. And so, you know, it's a constant growing and adding new things. Um, and that's the same thing with, from a digital perspective, right? It's, it's, I'm constantly learning um, more and more about how, how can we still create really beautiful, visually beautiful designs um, and uh, websites or, or PowerPoints or, you know, PDFs and still have them be possible, have it be possible for other individuals to um, digest that information. So if I, Shine is August 26th, 26th in Denver. Um, Denver, and we'll link to you to there. I avoid crowds. I avoid music festivals. <laughs> and I <laughs> do this because of the HSP thing. It's really overwhelming for me. I'm neurodivergent. I need my space, like get away from me. Don't like, how do you, how do you account for that type of situation? Uh, that that's a fun one. Um, we created the Zen zone. So it's an area where individuals can enjoy the day in a little calmer, quieter environment. Um, so uh, we put it near our sober area as well. So there are maybe individuals who don't want to be mixed into a crowd with people drinking. Um, but we have uh, like a, a nice, quiet in Civic Center Park in Denver. There's this really beautiful fountain. So it's over there. So the water also just kind of helps with that. And we have someone playing, you know, whether it's a violin or an acoustic guitar, just some kind of calming, quieter music. Um, and we have partnered um, both years and we'll continue to partner with them every year. The autism community um, has a sensory bus that I admittedly hid out in. Before. This kills me. <laughs> Come, I will be in Denver in August for your Shine Music Festival. You can find me in the bus and the Zen Zone. That is where I'm posting up. <laughs> yeah, it's this awesome bus that's just been converted. It has air conditioning and it's like really cool, soft light, colorful lights and and plants and water features. And it's just awesome. Um, and they also then work, we've worked with them to create um, our sensory bags. And so last year, I believe we had 50 bags and they're backpacks that we put, you know, a bottle of water in and headphones and fidget spinners and fidget toys and um, all different kinds of uh, towels and just products that may, you know, we don't, we don't want to, we kind of put a lot of stuff in there because we don't know what works for some might not work for another. Um, and then if they like it, right. So they can, they can rent these backpacks out all day for free. And then if they like me, wow, I never knew about this product. I really like it. The autism community store has a setup there that they can sell the device, sell any of the products to them. 
Um, we are hoping, uh, we had a conversation with Culture City last week, and they are on, um, they're all over the world. Um, you see them at events and venues um, from a sensory, they have actually a, a sensory activation trailer, a lot like the sensory bus that travels all over the United States. Um, they have several, I think they have 10 total. And then they have sensory bags that they give away for free um, to people. So it's that concept of what if you gave someone a tool that worked really great for them, but then you take it away at the end. Um, and and, and it, it's a goal for us to be able to just hand these out. Um, it's just a matter of, I think it, you know, the cost for us is, is, um, is more than we can handle with our budget right now. So, so if so, what are you looking for right now on the shine side? Mm-hmm. And then I want to move into your your consulting because yeah. this is also like super important. But on the shine side, wh- what do you need if someone's listening to this and they are down for the cause and they want to meet me out there on the bus in August? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what can they do to help you with shine right now? Um, well, first of all, we're always looking for new adaptive technology. So if there's anyone out there that has, um, and 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 I and I want to say that it may not. I shouldn't say adaptive technology, because what I'm finding is that some people never even thought that their devices worked in that arena. Hmm. If you have something that allows people to experience music or an event in a new way, that's a great, that's pretty much, let's talk. Let's see how we can integrate that. Um, And then we have a lot of sponsor opportunities right now. So for a perfect example, Culture City, those are those bags can be um, have your logo printed on them and stuff. So um, we've got a lot from everything from Friends of Shine, where it's just, hey, you know what, we can we can give you a thousand dollars or whatever to um, we have. Of course, all of our sponsor levels are groupie and VIP <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, music related labels. But, you know, we have some that all the way to have your you know, your banner up on the, by the stage so that it's in every photo, every photo, every video and, and everyone can see it the whole time. So we've got lots of, lots of sponsor opportunities. Well, I have never been excited about a music festival. I love music, but I have never been excited to attend one with all of the people, the throngs of people and the noise. And I'm the granny in the group that's like, can we be in bed by seven? But I am excited to go to Shine Music Festival this summer. I'm stoked. So we're going to do that. I will see you there. Yes. Now talk to me about this website situation because you're running into a scenario where a lot of people think they're accessible, but they're not. What is happening there? Where's the disconnect? And that's a really hard conversation, right? Because you're talking to people who are like, oh yeah, we believe in accessibility and we make sure all of our websites are accessible. And I go, oh, great. You know, how are you, are you, do you have someone in house or how are you doing that? Like, oh, we run it through software. And when I tell them that software can only account for, the, the debatable number is 25 to 30% of accessibility issues, which we call low-hanging fruit. Um, and it even says that on their website. So this is the top accessibility software uh, providers out there have it on their website that, hey, we're the best and web uh, software can only catch up to 25, 30%. So you're saying the top accessibility software out there that everybody's using mm-hmm. is missing 75% of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty gnarly. Yeah. 
Um, and they, most of them offer the additional services like, Hey, then you could hire us to do, you know, the other part of it, not all of them, but some of them do. And, um, and so through my accessibility testing, so I'm, so I'm get here, I, I'm already starting the conversation off with them and I've just deflated, right? They're now they're in their head and they're like, well, wait, we've been telling people it's accessible. They start thinking about the legal ramifications. They start thinking about how do I backpedal with my clients that I just told them, you know, that we've told them that the sites are accessible and they're not, you know, it, their brain starts spinning. And that's a, that's a tough, it's almost like I need to have that, that statement out there first so that when we get on the phone, they've already kind of digested this really hard pill to swallow. And, um, and how can now it's great. This is what it is, but now what can we do going forward? And, um, and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's disheartening. Um, and it, I mean, it took me years to figure it out. Cause I was one of those developers. We ran our soft, we ran our sites through software. But it's like you said, if yeah, there might be a little bit of extra work right now for the ones that need to go back and make a few changes, but you do, you do personal tech, like you do actually the testing yourself and it's a manual type of situation on top of whatever software you're using. I don't know how you do it, but you will create a, a report on a website that says, here's what needs to be fixed, this, this, and this, so that it's like all the bases are covered. And but and then once you know that, you can guide someone in building from scratch so that it is accessible. And that's not any more expensive. Your clients, like if you test a site before the client sees it, you can save them. Talk to the talk about this because this was a thing we were talking about the other day. Yeah. Yeah, that was a um that was a thing. I worked with an awesome um designer who actually when she had it all done before she ever sent it to the client, she had me go through it and we addressed some issues so that the client never even saw the negative. You know, they never even saw that. And that was that was where I ran into it when I got really excited to go back to my existing clients and tell them that, hey, I'm certified in accessibility. And I was looking at the site and the problem is, you know, they were presented a really beautiful design by their designer and they fell in love with it and they don't want to change it. So when I'm telling them, hey, that contrast in your tagline is totally not viewable for individuals um, with low low vision. It, the, what it would mean for them is that they have to change their design that they love. And, and in addition to it costing money and they just were like, nah. Are there certain industries where this is a bigger problem, like certain types of developers, website development development? Yeah, e-commerce. E-commerce, it's really crazy. It's like 90, I want to, and I'm going to flub on the number probably. It's 70, I want to say 77, 78% of um, accessibility issues um, that impact the web are related to e-commerce. And second place is like 7%. Whoa. So, so e-commerce represents the bulk of um, and let's two thirds of e-commerce sites um, or shopping carts are abandoned because of lack of accessible checkout. So is it possible that there's a lot of marketers out there right now kicking themselves for doing a bad job marketing and conversion rate optimizing when in fact it's an accessibility issue and that they would look really fucking smart if they would like make it possible for people who are, you know, 
blind. Six point nine billion. Six point nine billion dollars. Just make it possible. It's not the marketing. The marketing's not your problem. (laughs) You can get more business just by making it possible. Make it possible. That should be my new tagline. Make Make it possible. possible. Yeah, that's a good tagline. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's um. So actually, some of the stats from the um, you know, U.S. Department of Commerce and stuff. It's um, one of the latest that I have here is 16.8 billion globe, global e-commerce sales lost annually due to websites that are inaccessible. Wow. If you are a company that you can hear that number and be like, yeah, that's cool. Then guess what? Congratulations. You're doing a fabulous job. You're making a lot of money and you're basically saying you don't need you don't need that revenue to be successful. You're kind so, of a shithead, but good for you. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> you, you're, you, you don't have you to know, care. You don't have to care. But, uh, you know, I would think that for the majority of um, e-commerce uh, sites out there, they would love to have any percentage of that. Yeah. So, so there's a business, there is a business benefit. There is some ROI here in checking accessibility beyond just being a decent person who wants to make things inclus- inclusive. Yep. Do we need to bag on UPS right now or did that get sorted out? It did not get sorted out. Um, I, but I, I, the thing is, I'll point this out that it's, they're just one of several. So I happen to have uh, two clients now I guess I'm a big deal in the blind community. Uh, I got two clients now who are um, in the tech industry. They are super intelligent. Um, They train individuals on, um, they develop products and they train individuals on products. And um, they are, I would say that I run into an issue on a fairly regular basis where, um, you know, I'll even, I'll, I'll, I don't want to drag anybody at the best because people are at least working with me. UPS will go ahead and stay in there because they aren't. And I actually reached out via LinkedIn to the CEO or not the CEO. It was like the head of inclusion or diverse, whatever it was. Well, sh- fill yeah. our, fill our fellow revelers in on what you're talking about really quick because yeah, you ran yeah. into a scenario. Hey. I didn't, this Never didn't even occur. Like this didn't occur to me. And you didn't think you wouldn't think about it if you're not blind. Yeah. And so my client um, just actually asked me for a favor uh, saying, hey, I need to have a package picked up from my house. It was a laptop that he had um, put all the products, the accessibility products on it, got everything installed and needed to ship it back to the client. Normally, he would have had that done in the off- at the office and they could have worked and that worked out, but he had it at his house and um, the problem is he called, he had it all set up. They came to the um, door. He can't put, he can't put the label on the box. Okay. So there is no putting the label on the box and setting it out for the person. That's not, he doesn't, that's not going to work for us. It's not braille. He can't tell if, if the piece he of paper is upside he down. No or... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, I would, I would be, I don't even think he owns, probably owns a regular printer. He can't read that. So why would he print <laughs> stuff up? Um, but uh, the person, I think he had told him or has had a note on there. The the driver literally just stuck the sticky on the door. Well, tell me how a blind individual is supposed to find or even know that that sticky is there. 
So all I wanted was, all we needed was, hey, can you tell the UPS driver that the person is, the individual that they're picking up the box from is blind and they don't need a lot of time. They just need you to ring the doorbell and or knock on the door and give him 30 seconds to get to the door so he can hand you the package. Then you can put the label on and you can go. That's yeah. all we wanted. And the issue is that UPS isn't giving a shit. The the people on the phone, you tried to help this guy sort it out. And they were like, well, tough titties. Yeah. And they just kept, it was, um, I don't know. It was an interesting, I haven't got, I have, I, I have attempted on Twitter, on LinkedIn, through their phone system, through email, and no one's getting back to me. So I don't know if they don't care. I just know that they're not responding. And it never got handled. He had to take the box. So re- remembering that, you know, it's it it it's not like he he's used public he uses public transportation. So he has his um, walking stick, and then you know his bags, and then he has his box, and he's got to take this with him to take it all on the transit to get to his office, where then they can handle it at the office. Yeah. So that's what that's what the solution was. Yeah. And so this is kind of, this brings us back to kind of like the the web accessibility thing. If you don't know, you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to slap your wrist for not knowing everything. But once you know, once you're aware, once we understand, we as human beings, I think have a responsibility to give a shit, to care about whether or not someone can make, is whether or not it's possible for someone to access our website or get the information that you need or make that transaction. Yeah. And it's not, it's not the end of the world to make it happen. It's not. And it's just so, yeah, it's, I, I think that you and I have talked about this and, and, and it was a fundamental, I mean, I had to make a decision and a choice in my life to stop saying, why me? Like, well, that's not my problem. That's not my department. That's not my area. That's not what I do. Why me? And changing that to why not me? Because the fact is, if more humans just added that simple word and started saying, why not me, imagine what we could accomplish. It, 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 it's, it's, it's no different than women's rights, right? It, mm-hmm. If only women are concerned about women's rights, we're not, it's going to be really difficult for us to budge that needle. We need men to say, why not me? Why wouldn't I care about women's rights? My mother, my sister, my wife, my, you know, my friends, whatever it is. But it's in general, across the board, when you see someone or you see something that isn't right, doesn't sit with you, you have two options. Keep your blinders on and pretend like you don't know. And and have fun sitting with that in your, you know, whether you are aware of it or not, there is a karma to be paid for that. In my I was head. just going to say, have fun coming back again and again and again, trying yeah. to make things right. Like, yeah, you're, you're missing the point of this ride. And like, we can't fix, I know there are a ton of problems in the world and we're not, not every single person can fix all the problems. Right. Right. But, but we can find a few things we're really passionate about and and work with people, other people who care about that problem in the world and fixing it and work it together and support one another and give a shit. 
Yeah. And you know what, though, Kara, it doesn't need to be some like, oh, this is my side project or this is I'm going to take. It's as simple as sharing a post. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as reading a post. It's as simple as just not closing your eyes to the injustice that you see. If you see an article that says why accessibility matters and you don't know what that means, read it. There's read it. If you see a situation, if something that you love, you know, that that you see it all the time. There are individuals who there's blind uh, soccer. And and if you saw that, um, which I know they call it football over there, but the um, uh, the award for the best kick in 2022 in football, soccer, because we're in the United States, so we don't know it is mm-hmm. not a soccer, um, it was to a blind, a blind player. Oh, wow. That's an amazing kick. So it's just like if if I guess if you if everybody around you in your work and personal life look exactly like you and have all the same characteristics that you do, boy, you're really, really there are a lot of flavors of ice cream out there. It's time to try something other than vanilla. I love that. I love that. It's sort of about stepping back and broadening your view of things too, because I will admit accessibility is not something I've been terribly concerned with in my life and in digital realms or or elsewhere because I'm able-bodied essentially. And it's not something that's touched my life particularly like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not something that has been on the for like in the forefront for me, but I really care about people, women being connected and people working to like us as women working together and connection is one of my core values. But when I started talking to you about this and I zoom out and I look at how that's disconnecting people while how inaccessibility in, in the digital realm or music festivals or whatever, how people are being excluded and they can't find that connection because of that problem that pisses me off. So I'm linking your accessibility passion to my connectivity passion and now it's my problem too. So find a way, find a way to link it to your values to make it matter to you and support the people that are doing it. Make trying to make a difference there because it doesn't take much to support people either. Like Sean, you just said, share a freaking post. Yep. That's it. Give somebody a thumbs up. Like that's it. It's not, you know, help on whatever level you're everybody is going through their own ride, right? We're all on our own ride. And 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 I get it that it's just not. Not everybody is not possible for everyone to take a huge initiative for a change, but it is possible for everyone to do a little time, whether it's like you said, share a post, donate $10, go to the event, whatever it is, or, or, or just even have your website, you know, just have it, just have it tested. Yes. If you're so if anybody out there is listening and they're a web development firm or they're, you know, a designer that works with web developers and you think you're creating all these accessible websites, call Sean and have her test it and just see. And if you're if you're if you're good, you're good. Awesome. You know you're kicking ass. And if not, you're in a position to fix that really easily and quickly and feel really, really good about that. It's not rocket surgery. Yeah, it's not. I, and this is interesting. Someone brought this to my attention the other day. Um, and it was something that they were gonna do, and they um, and then they 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 were pivoting their big he moved to a different p- job thing and um so they create a accessible websites uh website 
and you and he was going to actually like rate websites. So, you know, A, B, C, D, E, or A, B, C, D, F, and, um, and E for effort. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, But just like, hey, here you go, because there are, it's like kind of highlighting. And I'm like, oh, that's really putting in what I, I would hate to put a company on there and give them an F. And they're like, well, but that's, but that's their website score. I don't know. I I think it's still a little harsh, but I think maybe there's something to it about, hey, what if we have a website that um that just shows, hey, these are sites that we've tested and we've worked with and these are all accessible. And the reason that's beneficial is that just like Ravelers, right? When we find something, <laughs> our latest thing is AI, right? We're yeah. all going crazy on these new tools that are amazing out there. What do we do? We share it. Well, it's the same. I don't know why some people tend to think that people with um, individuals with disabilities must do everything in life completely different than we do. Well, when they find a restaurant or a website or a product that works, that makes life possible for them, they share it with their communities. So it's, you know, and likewise, if they have an experience that is not good, they share that just like we do. So it's something to think about. It's like, it. I don't know why, why people think that, that they, they do everything that we do. And sometimes they rely on things a lot more than we do, like e-commerce, mm-hmm. right? And that solution where it's easier for all of us to, to, to just buy something online rather than driving around and wasting gas and putting out missions and doing bad things for our environment, all of those things, it's easier online. It just is. And, and that's, it's the same, everything about what they do is the same thing we do. They just sometimes do it a little differently. And, um, and it, it, by having your website um, uh, accessible, the communities support you. Uh, they 82% say of individuals say that they will continue to go back and reuse and, and continue to buy products or services from companies that care about accessibility, where they had an easy experience. Um, um, but I'll, I love the I love the idea of the ABCD. Like, I'll go check that out. People do that with sustainable companies. Why not accessible companies? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, it's transparency. If you don't want to be a shithead, don't be a shithead. I know. I just really try so hard because I feel like accessibility has this negative con. Um, I got it. Yeah, but it's this. not. It's I not think. Yet. I think in everyone's mind, it's really complicated, but you've told even you, even I understand that it's not that big a deal. It's as simple sometimes as the contrast in your background, between your background and your text, maybe the size of the text even, or like having an alt tag somewhere or like text inside a button or whatever. You've told me just a few simple things when, um, yeah, it's just so easy. It's so easy. And the other big thing is, this is what I'm most excited about. Um, no pressure on the millennials and Gen Zers, right? Um, but I can't wait for them. I just, I, I just believe that the future of the world is is in the hands for the first time of a, in generations that actually can make a difference. And millennials are a huge 
um, change in the game um, all the way down to, I'd say, I think it was millennials were like in the high 80s, but um, Gen Zers were in the like 97% tile of they want the businesses that they, they want the companies they do business with to have a social um, values, core values that they have. If and and you can see it. I mean, I have it on my on my Chrome browser. It's a is it a business for good? And if it's not a business, it's like it's a green thing. And the moment that it's not, it lets me know, hey, you're on a website that that these people are not great. Yeah. And uh, they're coming into their purchasing power. So if you well, millennials if you are, are a business, yeah. well, yeah, millennials were there. I'm I think I'm technically like are a you? geri I'm a geriatric millennial. Oh, I'm 1980. So I think I get to pick and I feel like more of a millennial than a Gen Xer, but like my son is probably Gen Z. I'm guessing. Is he? Well, Gen Z is 17. Um, yeah, he's at that because I think they're also in their twenties, right? I just mix up because I'm so old. I just know that they're way younger than me. At any rate, like they're going, they're, they're spending yep. money now. Yep. And so it's just makes good business sense to care. They will not support companies that don't care about social justice and and inequity and 100%. So these kind of older businesses that have been around a long time who are still functioning on the mentality of the way the world worked when they started their business, um, they think those are fine, right? Because they can look at that $16.8 billion and not worry about it because they're making plenty of money. UPS, we're talking to you. Get your <laughs> yeah, shit together. Definitely going, <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to say it was also, I mean, it wasn't just UPS. I mean, it was. Yeah, I know. I'm bagging on UPS because they've they've ruined a couple packages for me over the years. So I've got a little bit of like old stuff <laughs> hanging in there. Yeah. FedEx <laughs> hasn't responded either. So neither one of them have anything in place. And that's just the tip of the iceberg on the whole issue, right? But as yeah. far as we're concerned today, it's not... It's not difficult to create accessible websites. It's good for your clients. It's good for your customers. It's good for you. And um, it's just good for humanity. So, Sean, on that <laughs> note, yeah, where can people get in touch with you to make sure that their website's accessible or that their clients' websites are accessible? Yeah. Um, Mazaro.com. Okay. So M-O-Z-A-R-O.com. And um, we will do uh, free consult- consultation. So just go on there, request a meeting, and uh, we'll have a look and review because um, we want that. We want to open that door for a conversation. And the way to do that is to show you where you're at on that scale. And then you can, and you know, then once you have that, then we can have further on. So yeah. we want we want to keep those conversations open for, for free, right? And and just provide that access to the knowledge so that you are equipped to make the decisions you need to make to make your company. It sounds like it's not a conversation like you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. It's more of like a, okay, here's where we're at. How do we move forward from here? It's a positive mm-hmm. conversation. It's not a slap on the wrist kind of conversation. You want to help people Oh yeah, make it happen, make it accessible for them to make it happen to be accessible. And I will throw in there, I'm going to add your LinkedIn profile on there because if anyone cares about this, which you should, you can connect with her on LinkedIn and then share her posts and all of the things to help kind of like move this thing along. Yeah. To make, so make it possible, make it possible. That's the, that's the motto today. Make it possible people. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for joining in the conversation. I want to thank you for being here. And if you like what you heard, 
consider giving your fellow Raveler a virtual hug by texting her episode to a friend or sharing it with your audience on your favorite social media platform. When women support each other, we are capable of anything. And if you're not already part of the Ravel Collective and just happen to find this episode somehow, head over to the website at RavelCollective.com for all the juicy details on joining us.